And welcome to the F the Glare podcast, a podcast that is centered around highlighting women of color in the world of graphic design, brand design, marketing strategy. I am your host, Ashley Tree, A. Louise Creative. And today I have the honor of having Miss Ty Hall as a guest with us. Now, the thing is, most of my guests are people I've never met before, but Ty happens to be my business bestie. I mean, ah! And she markets herself as the unicorn. Her specific area of expertise is marketing and massage therapy practices and organizations. And so today we get to talk with the unicorn. Isn't that crazy? When it comes to branding, I actually didn't brand myself that way. My clients did. Really? Yeah. I never. Oh, so fun. Random fun fact. I never started calling myself that. Like, now I'm always about. Can I cuss on this podcast? Yes, you can cuss on this podcast. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I've always been with the shits and the glitter and the rainbow and everything, which is funny. Counter to, you know, F the glitter podcast. Right. But it was never, uh, I never like put any branding behind it. It was just like, Hey, this is who I am. And you might get, you know, professional tie or you might get rainbows and sunshine tie. It just depends <laughs> on what mood I'm in. But more so than not, I would show up with rainbows coming out my ass and like glitter shooting out my nose. Mm-hmm. And when I first got into the massage industry, the person who I was working with who introduced me into the post-operative world and the post-op community, she was like, we're going to call you nurse body snatcher. Because I mean, that is what I do. I do snatch bodies. Okay, okay. okay. But, um, and I was courting myself as that nurse body snatcher, but everybody in the industry, all of my clients, they were like, oh yeah, no, no, no. Y'all need to contact the unicorn. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> my clients started calling me the unicorn. So I just embraced it. And not only did I embrace it, because it wasn't just like one or 10 or a hundred, thousands of people started calling me the unicorn. I changed my whole branding scheme around it. So now I have like my personality who I am, the things that resonate with me now are infused into my actual company because of my clients. Wow. That's pre- that's pretty cool, actually. I'm not even <laughs> like, that's pretty cool. It's like, oh, okay. Like mine just kind of recently go, started going into, you know, I'm the business bestie for hire. And folks mm-hmm. are like, you know what? But you are though. Like yeah. I call you for everything. And I'm like, hey, before I do this diabolical, potentially career-ending thing, what do you think? Right. Like, I for everything. I screenshot them like, hey, look, look at this. What, what's up? <laughs> like, don't do it. Don't do it. You are a business bestie. Hold but on. nobody else can have you. You're my business. Yes, child, you can have an apple. Full disclosure, I'm a mom and I have children and they have escaped from their room. So they have we tried to have them out, But uh, they have escaped. They found their way out of yes. their temporary um dwelling. We're gonna roll with it. We're gonna roll with it. This this is supposed to be fun and honest and just open anyway. So let's do it. Okay. So to the interview. So normally I would say, so Ty, tell us how awesome you are. But you kind of did that already without me having to go there. 
Um, <laughs> so it came out with the rainbows. It, it really did, just glitter straight up. So when did you know that nurturing business? So just to say, she's also a business coach. So this is not just you know, oh, she's a massage therapist. She's my best friend. Ah, no, like seriously, this is what she does. When did you realize that being a business coach and specifically coaching other massage therapists into how to properly market their business? How did you know that that was kind of your niche aside from body snatching? The coaching actually came before the body snatching. So my career started off with, um, I went to University of Maryland and I got into med school, interned, discovered I hated it. I started to freak out. And my parents were like, dog, you're almost done. Like, you need to chill. Here, go get a massage. And I did. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm going to do this. And they're like, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to do this. And so my career took off in an indirect manner because when I graduated and I decided to go to massage school and finish massage school, like real life dropped out of med school, become a massage therapist. All of my, like I went to university of Maryland and if Maryland isn't good at anything else, they're like bomb at breeding pros. And so my major at the time was through the sports department, the health and human performance department. Mm -hmm. And all of the athletes that wound up going to the Olympics, to the NBA, to the NHL, the whatever, they were all the homies. You know, they were in all of my classes. They went pro. I became a massage therapist. They had a body. I massaged bodies. It just all kind of worked out. Okay, cool. So I went from there to oncology massage. And uh, I spent some time living in Thailand. And it was a mixture between me seeing a need and a demand in the industry and then me being annoyed by all of the stuff that I was seeing within my industry. As my industry kept, as I kept changing and growing my practice, I diversified my practice and I went from sports to oncology to post-operative massage. It was also around the birth of Instagram. Instagram came on the scene around 2010 to 2012 and people were starting to post more of things that they're doing in their lives personally and professionally. And I'm seeing how a lot of people were in my industry, my massage industry, were branding themselves. And I'm so confused. Like, who raised you? Right. I don't know if this was a good idea. <laughs> From flyers to logos to banners to just how people were representing themselves within my industry. And it dawned on me that, yes, there is a need for it, but... It was bigger than that. Just because you're a good cake baker, you make amazing cakes, doesn't mean that it's going to translate into you being a good cake baking business owner. Right. The same thing applied to massage, where they don't teach us stuff like that. I mean, there's a, a huge need for it. And um, not just specifically in the massage community, but within the Black massage community and mm -hmm. the Black spa owners, it's like, we're finding information out, you know, on the back end after you've already made mistakes, pissed people off, lost potential customers or opportunities because yes, they didn't teach us this in massage school. We learned how to massage, but like being able to market yourself, brand yourself, put yourself out there, teaching how to sell your services, that information isn't readily available as often in the Black community as it is in other, in other races, other ethnicities. We're always behind the learning curve playing catch up. And I still personally think that we do an amazing job in killing it, but 
where would we be if we actually did have this knowledge ahead of time? So I just, I saw, see a need, feel a need. I saw the need for more marketing acumen and business acumen within my industry. So I became that. I, um, I have noticed that like, just from working with you, I've seen a lot of other massage therapists who are very familiar and the, the, the line between being professional and familiar just seems so blurred with the service, just the personal service industry, like hairstylists and barbers and massage therapists or estheticians. Like, it just seems like everybody's like, oh yeah, that's my home girl. And it's like, no, you're my hairstylist and I need you to be on time. And so yeah. even though there's this big stigma of like, just hairstylists for one, cause I don't, I don't get massages. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have time. I don't have no money. I'm just, you know, I can't do that. But I get my hair done a lot because I got a lot of it and it's got to be managed. It's got to be maintained. And so like, um, or it goes poof and right. And it's like, Oh my God, what happened? So like I've got, I used when I was in Atlanta, I had a hairstylist that I went to and actually I found her because she became a client of mine and she was so, so personal with her customers that even I was just starting out as a designer, just starting, like literally starting, like I was 22. And I remember telling her, like, you can't talk to people like that who sit in your chair. And she's, she was like 35 at the time. She was looking at me like, well, girl, what? And I'm like, you can't, you can't do that. Cause I can't take you seriously to know that when I come on time, you're going to be here. And that when I need something done, you're going to do it right. Because you're too busy talking or you're too busy on the phone or you're too busy cack, cack, cack with everybody else in the room instead of like focusing on me and take care of what I need like I, you, you can't do that and so I've noticed that there's a lot of that just in the personal service industry people have an issue with the the personal branding of your service versus you being professional at what you do yeah. Let's chat about that. There's a lot of things that we do because it's cyclical and generational, mm-hmm. not necessarily because it's the right way, the best way, the only way, but because that's what we saw the next person doing. And that's a problem that is huge in the personal service industry. And we can take hairstylists, for example, because like you're used to, from the time that I started getting my hair done up until recently, just because I found an amazing black owned business owner who's on the same wavelength as me and she knows how precious my time is and the same thing with her whenever I service her but up until from the time I was like 10 12 years old until I found her maybe about four or five years ago Mm -hmm. every hairstylist I went to was always late running behind and it's it happens you know Mm -hmm. as business owners you uh, encounter different things but that may throw off your schedule but what isn't in place is the communication aspect. Right. Even if you are running behind, communicate that. Respect right. them with time enough that you give them <clears throat> the opportunity to say, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go, you know, run some errands versus sitting in your salon for an extra hour because you're off, whether it's running your right. mouth or a service took longer. But these right. are things that go into marketing, branding, and advertising that unless someone actually pinpoints it and pushes points it out, mm-hmm. you continue to go with the flow because that's what's always been done. That's how that's how we do business. Yeah, it's and crazy. You find out that wait, there's a better way, there's mm-hmm. a more efficient way. Mm-hmm. If I respect my time, I respect my customers' time, I can, you know, work on more clients, I wind up making more money or even if you don't fill that time with anything else, you can give that time back to yourself and pour and love into you. That right. ties into 
some of the things that it's not stressed enough in bettering ourselves as a part of our marketing strategy. That's something that isn't taken into consideration when it comes to marketing, your timeliness, mm-hmm. your own personal hygiene, your the way that you present yourself. You're a walking billboard for your clients. People do business with people that they like, not because mm-hmm. you're amazing, not because you have the best prices. I mean, that does play a role in it. But at the end of the day, the reason why you choose Add to cart is because you subscribe to that person's branding because you like them. Them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So being, I know being a massage therapist is your full-time gig, but for your business coaching, would you consider that full-time or part-time for you? <sighs> At one point in time, I was doing it full-time, but it started to take a toll on me. Mm-hmm. So I stepped away from it and I actually stopped altogether for a little bit. I get very personal with my clients and I take their success as a part of my success. And there's certain things that I realized and I had to make peace with that I, I couldn't teach. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that just because you have a desire to do something doesn't mean that you're going to be good at it or it may wind up costing you something that you're not ready to pay for. Mm-hmm. And it may not necessarily be money. It may cost you your time. It may cost you your comfort. You may have to sacrifice things that you didn't know beforehand going into it that you had to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to do that, I don't want to waste your time or mine. Right. And so I started getting frustrated when I would tell people to do things as a part of their success journey. And then I come back a week or two weeks later and I'm like, all right, cool. So let's review what we chatted about. And they hadn't done any of the things or mm-hmm. they only did part of the things. And I'm like, I don't care if you're, you're, you're paying me that that's cool or whatever, but I want results. You become a walking billboard for me. Like I need you to do it. So often people have gotten comfortable with throwing money at a problem instead of throwing hard work at a problem, Mm -hmm. instead of throwing effort, ingenuity, creativity, um, sacrifice of time and comfort at a problem. They want to throw money. I'm like, so while you're giving me money, if we're not able to get you results, then we're wasting both of our times. You have to follow through with what it is I ask you to do or I instruct you to do. Mm -hmm. I need you to take you as seriously as I'm taking you seriously. So when I realized that that is not the norm, people find so much comfort in their excuses, the lies they tell themselves, the comfort zones that they like burrow themselves in. Mm -hmm. I stepped away from coaching up until I, I really felt like I I got to a point where I was running from it, Mm -hmm. where people kept reaching out to me, kept asking, will you help me? Will you coach me? Will you mentor me? Can you train me? I'm like, no, 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 no. And I finally said, okay. (laughs) So now I do it in a more modified version. I stay in control and I um, I protect my peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And I uh, my coaching strategies now are more so on, I present information. You can do with that what you will. And for those that are super, super serious and they are serious about their business, then I'll take you on as a client. Gotcha. Okay. So you found a way to hone it in and make it not only uh, easier to measure, because yeah. you're working one-on-one with those who you actually work with. But I've given you the information. You can decide what you want to do with it. And then from here, if you really want me to work with you, if you really want to go there, then we can right. go there. But you have to be committed to this. Like, we got to be married to this idea that this is what we're going to do right now. Like, there is no in-between. Because I'm going to be napping or, like, sleeping on some, like, beach or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
right, right. I think so, a level of success and a level of happiness in your passion, money will forever be important, but it won't be the driving factor anymore. And I got there. I love what I do so much. I want to protect it so much. This isn't something that you share with just anybody because they have an interest in it. If you're not going to bestow the same level of passion, I don't even want your money. Gotcha. Because you got to be connected to it. So how do you feel about the representation of women of color in your particular piece of the industry, where it's business coaching and strategy and marketing? I actually got... Oh, I got so pissed off that I, I, you know, like white people, when they get pissed off, they write letters and stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I put my, my Becky Baldwin, like pearls and hat on. And I started like Twitter fingers, click clacking away. Uh-huh. When I remember I was coaching a client. She was an esthetician. She still is. She's an esthetician. And I was helping her like redo her website. Uh-huh. And we were looking for stock photos. And this was a, a problem that I think you and I had went through. At first, at time yeah. At first years, years, years ago, where I am a brown woman. I service black and brown shades of brown clientele base. I wanted my website to be a representative of that and highlighting that I am a minority servicing company. And all of the stock photos were of Anglo-Saxons and Europeans. Mm-hmm. And then the few, oh my God, I w- I'm going to send it to you so you'll be able to, because I kept it. I was so pissed. <laughs> I hired a company. This was before I think I linked up with you for my website. And I went yeah. to a company called MoPro. This was a professional <laughs> company. And I asked them to design my website. When they gave it back to me, I was like, all right, so listen, Pimpin. When you got my site, it was brown people all up and through this. What you yep. do with them? <laughs> and they were like, well, we kind of are only allowed to use stock photos. And I was like, we'll go find some brown people. Right. Do you know the amount of anxiety you could hear in their voice when they came back and told me that they didn't have any? What? It blew my mind. There weren't any. The few that they were able to find, it looked like someone took Mass's top slave. And told her to go ahead and, all right, you could take a break from picking cotton and you could lay down on this this table real quick so we can get this. But you best to get back on because master needs his cotton right afterwards. It looked like slaves on a table. And then if there was supposed to be a a personal care industry of which Mm -hmm. I'm in, like the girl that they had, and this was a stock photo. It was like the only one. She had pimples all on her face in the photo. She looked like a slave had pimples on her face and she was on the back out in the fields picking cotton. Oh my God. And so I found the owner of MoPro mm-hmm. and on LinkedIn and I, he never wrote me back, but I went on and I like wrote it. I was like, Hey, I would love to continue servicing and patronizing your company, but well, we got a problem. Like you have no diversity in the stock photos that you allow your clients to have on their site. Mm-hmm. And then as I kept going through and I actually like typed in black woman getting a massage, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't there. Mm-mm. So I had to start hosting. Fo- it was that important to me that I paid out of my own pocket to have photo shoots, to be able to have certain images that I wanted on my website of someone who looked like me. Wow. That's crazy. I never knew that part. I knew, like, I, knew, I remember you telling me about them. Like, actually, just, like, there's no 
black, brown, Asian, Blasian, nobody on this thing. They all, they all white people. And I was like, for real? You were like, yes, this is, this is terrible. I can't do this. But I didn't know that that's when you started like paying for photo shoots. years ago. Maybe it's gotten better since, but I doubt it. Wow. And I, I started hold, hosting photo shoots every weekend to be able to get the images that I wanted to have on my site or my marketing materials. When you, when I send out a, a flyer or a, a, a mailer, like mm-hmm. I wanted brown people to be on there. Mm-hmm. Wow. I opening like wow. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really exist then. So I, if there so is a door to walk through, I'll create it. So not only was there nothing with rainbows and glitter on it, <laughs> it wasn't nothing with people. <laughs> but, but like oh my gosh. So what has been your most enjoyable project to date? Oh, we've done so many of them. Like the one that you were like, we did that. That was it right there. Um, ah. It might be my current website, man. <laughs> <laughs> my website <is> so bad. <laughs> And then, like, to have a project come full circle and, like, I Ashley is my business bestie. I wake up every <laughs> single morning and I send her a text message. And because I'm in Maryland and she's not, we're an hour ahead of her. I have to be mindful and sending the message and, like, check the clock because I get up at the butt crack of dawn at, yeah. like, 4.35 a.m. It's 3.30 a.m. when she's at. <laughs> so I would send a message and be like, I'm up. <laughs> Every morning I text Ash and I say I'm up. With that said, she did a website for me and it was done. It was like finished. And I was like, nah, I don't like it. Sorry. (laughs) um, I I know how much we put into this. I know how much you've been working on. This ain't the one. Nah, we got to start over. And Ash took a slow, deep breath. It was like, freaking kidding me because she don't curse that often <laughs> I curse enough for both of us. and she was like are you freaking kidding me I was like I'm so sorry like I will kick you some extra bread I was like but this ain't it I was like I for once I have been in business for almost 10 plus years and I was like I've never had a website that I was proud of I was like this stops now I was like I ain't broke no more and we can take as much time as we need. I was like, but I want a website that is just as amazing as I am. I want my clients to feel it when they come to my site. They like, it, it needs to be a one-stop shop. I want people to come and get lost in this research vessel of knowledge that's like easily navigatable. It's pretty, it's cohesive. It has everything that you need. And because I started striving for, wait for it, wait for it automation ah! i love that i now can be like hey did you check the site <laughs> if people have questions the amount of time it saves me in my dms mm-hmm. i get like 200 to 300 dms a day oh my goodness every day if i'm advertising i'll get more and so people be like oh how can i sign up where can i go i love being able to say here go to this link <laughs> and it's before i would try to do so much stuff hands-on mm-hmm. because I wasn't proud of my my website it is an old way project it'll like to, like even now I'll be like hey can you fix this tweak this change this mm-hmm. you'll never stop working and improving it improving on your website it'll be an extension of you mm-hmm. as you continue to grow and your business continues to improve and evolve your website site should as well to be able to match you mm-hmm. I am so in love with the project that is my website <laughs> it has the bells and the whistles and the widgets and the pop-ups that just makes 
me doing business so much easier because I would I go on a limb and say 90% of my business and therefore 90% of my income is all automated. Like I, I know when I advertise that I can make this amount of money. I know I can see my traffic. I can see where it's coming from. My analytics. I have mm. statistics built into my website now. <laughs> so my website is probably my favorite, favorite, favorite project. After that, besides the website, because that was an easy one. Besides the website, next favorite project may be, but it's on the website too, the retirement tour. Yeah. So I'm retiring from massage this year and we'll come up with like super cool um, little flyers with the Carmen San Diego theme mm-hmm. because I'm flying all over the world. So I decided to go with Carmen San Diego and watching Ash and I like work through and design. And we've been working with each other for so long now that she like knows what I like, what I don't like. I know how to talk to her. And I'm like, hey, fix I used to have to send in an email. Now I can send like a couple of text messages and she'll come back and it's like perfect. So that's been my second favorite project After a few and revisions. playing with and having fun with. <laughs> so, um, so since March, because we're in the middle of COVID and where everybody's on punishment and, and we're all stuck, like how has business been since March? Business actually quadrupled. Really? You know, I heard a lot yeah. of that. I've heard that a lot. Like you're number seven of the people I've talked to and who said, yeah, actually, because this has been pretty good since March. Because I'm a hustler. Not because, oh no, (laughs) I call her Big Rona. Mm -hmm. Big Rona, she's like, she is that stank, annoying, chubby chick in the back of the classroom making all kinds of noise with like one little ponytail sticking up at, at the top that she got jail <laughs> and she can't read for real. Uh-huh. That's Big Rona. Okay. Big Rona ain't shit. <laughs> she comes from a long lineages of folk that ain't shit. Uh-huh. But because I know how to hustle, I know how to market and advertise, I you should always focus on multiple streams of income. I had to adjust how I was approaching my industry and I started to push things that would be able to help me capitalize off of the fact that people are stuck at home. Exactly. You're stuck at home with your phone and a computer, you can see me. You can mm-hmm. like vibe with me. Mm-hmm. So I started creating more products to be able to speak to the needs of my industry. Remember, find a need, fill a need. Mm-hmm. And there were people who were stuck at home and they aren't able to get massages. Mm-hmm. So, but you got two hands, so you can massage yourself. So I created a tutorial around that. Mm-hmm. If you live with somebody, I created a video and tutorial of your spouse being able to massage you. Uh, I started training and I acknowledged that there are multiple audiences that I entertain, not just my main audience of people who want massages from me. My main audience that I entertain are people who are already getting massages from me. There's also people who want massages from me. There's other massage therapists that want to learn from me mm-hmm. and around the entire world. And then there's surgeons who I uh, network with as well. So those are four audiences that I have to entertain. And I was like, all right, well, since I can't get to my main audience of clients who are already getting services from me, mm-hmm. what's up with these other three audiences Mm -hmm. and how can I maximize my efforts and my profits from servicing them? Mm -hmm. I created um, regular books. I created eBooks. We created how to blogs and oh my gosh, my YouTube game is off the chain now. (laughs) Um, I've gotten over 500 new subscribers. Wow. Um, 
in the past couple months, I hired a professional uh, videographer to edit my videos for me to give mm-hmm. it like some pop and pizzazz. And so people went from, cause even on YouTube, they have analytics and they'll show mm-hmm. you how long people actually stay and watch your video before they click off. And my average watch time is seven minutes. Whereas in before March, my average watch time was like 30 to 45 seconds. Wow. Like, oh, okay, cool, cool, whatever. And then they'd leave. Right. I created, I started creating things that were more engaging. People like, they like videos, but what's it called when you have like, Pam, pizzow, whatever, like pop into the video because like, I'm not a videographer. I say in my lane. I don't know. Sounds like <laughs> they like sex. They like there we go. okay. So they like stuff adding sex to the video. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing now, when it, I am an in-home licensed licensed in-home care provider, mm-hmm. when the world shut down, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. Um, I did d- try to decrease my workload, and I only see three people a day, whereas before I was seeing like eight to ten. Mm-hmm. But when every other spa and location closed, closed. I inherited their clients. Mm-hmm. So I now have a three month waiting list. I'm entertaining all four of my main audiences. I started creating products that instead of me exchanging time for money, how else can I maximize my time? And I like to, I call it mailbox money, where mm-hmm. what can I make that I can promote this and make goo gobs of money? And, and now I'm exchanging money for money, which is what leads to true financial freedom. Mm-hmm. So I have a manufacturer. I'm working with her and creating my own product line around my company with my new and improved unicorn branding, books, uh, tutorials, the whole gamut. I, I got oh. busier since COVID. I got more creative. Fear is a motherfucker. It's scary. <laughs> I was like, I'm never going to be broken. I can't. Mm, no. Nah. No, I will can't hustle do that. harder than a stripper whose life's about to get cut off. We can't do and that. And that has been my mentality since March. We gotcha. about to hustle. Wow. That that's pretty impressive. That that's pretty like I don't I don't even have any words after that. That's just like wow. So for someone who is looking for your particular service, not massage therapy, but for someone to coach them through their business or for someone to help them come up with marketing strategy, what is some advice you would give them when vetting? A professional when looking for somebody who has your skill set? That's a great question. My first answer before you like finish the sentence would be don't do it yourself. There's certain things that I just don't DIY. I believe in staying in my lane and being the best, absolute best person at what I do. Mm -hmm. And then when I need something that's outside of my lane, I find someone else who's doing the same thing where they're the best, the absolute best at what they do, what they do. Mm -hmm. So the things that I look for when vetting out a professional is their consistency. Um, anybody can get an A one time, but can you do it another time? Like, Mm -hmm. can you strike gold over and over and over again? Mm -hmm. So I look at their portfolio, their history of their work. If it's um, possible for me to speak to previous clients that have actually worked with them, I'll reach out to them. Cause like, especially when it comes to design, you'll be able to see a project and it'll say designed by, Mm -hmm. I'll contact that person. Like, Hey, I'm interested in working with blah, blah, blah. You know, can you share some of your experience in working with them? Would you recommend them? Mm-hmm. I look for consistency. I do can look at pricing and price matters. I actually do not want the person that's the cheapest. You mm-hmm. do get what you pay for. And I've been burnt enough times that I know what something should cost. And if it costs a little bit less than that, that's cool. But if it costs a lot less than that, that's be worried. To me. Mm-hmm. I would encourage people to not look for the cheapest person for whatever it is you're interested in, because nine times out of 10, if that person doesn't know your, their worth, they're not going to know yours either. Mm-hmm. 
if they're not charging top dollar or not top dollar, but if they're not charging at least streamlined in the industry of what they should be charging, mm-hmm. that is indicative to there's a lot of other things that they probably don't know too. Mm-hmm. I don't want that person. Gotcha. I want you to do it right. I want you to do it right the first time. I want you to be able to com- have decent communication with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to educate me. So as uh, ask questions, write down a series of questions about the project that you have or you want them to work on. Mm-hmm. And if they struggle to have a cohesive, like this your lane, this your industry. Right. You should be able to like, you know, answer me, me with all of the fancy jargon. Mm-hmm. And if not, that speaks volumes. So uh, quality, consistency, and not the cheapest price. That oh. is what I would suggest someone to look for. Nice. It's funny. I just saw a, a post the other day on Facebook. And um, he's this, this gentleman. He's actually a designer in Atlanta. And I follow him. He follows me. You know, this kind of thing. And um, he was talking about buying speakers. And the speakers that he was purchasing, he went to the store and he saw three speakers, exact same thing, had the same features, but one was like $1.99, one was like $3.99, and one was like $5.99. And so the one that was $1.99 had all the same specs as $4.99, but he was like, but why is it only $1.99? He's like, I don't want it to go out on me halfway through whatever I'm doing with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to just die. So he ended up buying the more expensive one because he's like, if nothing else, I know I got a guarantee that if something happens to it, I'm going to get my money back or they're going to replace it. They're going to make sure that it's fixed. They're going to make sure that it works. And so that kind of goes back to what you were just saying. It's like when you're when you're hiring a service professional, you don't want the least expensive because chances are they're new and they don't know what they're doing. But at the same time, you don't want the most expensive because they, they still may not know what they're doing. And they're just trying to make themselves look like they know what they're doing, as opposed to the person that's kind of in the middle, not necessarily the least expensive, but not necessarily the most expensive. They're probably more on the expensive side, but they understand the steps that it takes to get to that, which is why they cost what they cost. So I, I, I'm, I'm here with you on that. Like, I, I, I'm totally here There's with you There's something on that. else that they don't teach you in dodge school. Or, and I don't even know if they cover it in business, but there's a psychology to it. Mm-hmm. It, there's a psych- psychological side to when you're doing business from business owner to business owner or business owner to client. Mm-hmm. But the psychological side of it is what's wrong with it. You know, yeah. if it's priced too low. Yeah. And so I remember I did take a workshop one time and she's like, if you want to get more clients, maybe you should consider raising your prices. And I was like, what? Yep. I tell Who that to my clients too. <laughs> <laughs> that you would be deemed a better business owner with higher prices. Yep. <laughs> it's because of the association that we place on money and value. And uh-huh. if it costs more, it must be better. Yeah. So you don't have to get the top tier, but I definitely don't ever look for if it's if you are the last, if you're the cheapest, what's wrong oh, with you? It. Right. Something's wrong. Right. Think about it like buying a house. If you're looking for a house or whatever, and I'm actually selling my house right now. I just put it on the market. And they run something that's called comps mm-hmm. and they compare the, your house to other houses in the area that mm-hmm. have similar specs. Mm-hmm. And if you were to be looking at a house and there's this one long street and there's four houses for sale on that street, mm-hmm. the cheapest house immediately, I don't care who you are. The first thing you're going to think is what's wrong with this house. Right. If they all got four bedrooms, they all got three bathrooms, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever. What's wrong with Why does this so one? cheap? Yeah. So with that, we have come to the fun part. Random questions. Just going to ask you. Most of them I probably know already, but I'm going to ask anyway, because the people who are listening don't know you like I know you. So, ah. All right. So what's your favorite style of food? My favorite style of food? Yes. I'm a foodie. 
I like food. I like all kinds of food. So I want to know what your favorite food is. Food. My favorite food is Indian food. I can eat yeah. it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Really? Yep. And, and I just, because scared. of my business, Bestie, I just got turned on the butter chicken. And I was like, dog. You late to the party. <laughs> like, I was always on curry chicken was my thing. But I had butter chicken. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think this just changed my life. <laughs> Well, when you finally do make it down to Monroe, we, we've got to, I got to take you to Taste of Veneer because I don't... We got to go to our spot. I don't even miss I got to meet her. I hear so much about her. Yes. Yes, yes. Actually, you know what? It's, it's, she done left now. It's just her husband. Like, she's still there, but she doesn't handle anything with the restaurant anymore. It's, it's just her husband. But still, like, I, I do butter chicken only when I cannot get there. And I use the pre-made sauce. And even then, the girls are like, Mommy, it's not the same. And I'm like, I know. Even the girls can tell. Even the girls, they'd be like, we're going to Miss Sweaty Restaurant. <gasps> I want to go. I want to go. So it's, it's like, it's a whole family thing. But I digress. So if you could pick any famous person from the past to spend a day with, who would it be? Um, Y'all, we stumped the unicorn. Oh, you did? Snap. I'm like, do I want to say something like righteous or something ratchet? Oh, snap. Look, look, look. It's All right, so my glitter. righteous answer, I would want to like kick it with Gandhi. He just seemed like a badass. Uh-huh. But my the ratchet. ratchet answer. Um <laughs> Rick James. Oh my gosh. I would have the time of my life all in one night. Uh-huh. My righteous answer would be Gandhi. My ratchet answer would be uh, Rick James. <laughs> Fuck your couch, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> so, of all the places that you traveled, which has been your favorite? Because you've been to a lot of places. Um, pick one. Maybe Thailand. I think because I, I grew up in Thailand. Okay. Um, I didn't, but I did. I grew up here in America, but... Thailand changed my life because of it's one thing you know you're growing up and your mom is like you better eat your food there's starving kids in the world who would love to have what you had and in my mind I really wanted to be like get it to them then but I ain't gonna say it <laughs> but then to actually see it to actually experience it to have my American entitlement like shone in my face for mm -hmm. like you can't hide from how freaking entitled and blessed I was and I try to keep that um, experience with me even now mm -hmm. it does become a little bit hard when you become that far removed from the experience and I'm like back home and I have toilet paper and running water and like central air but I didn't have any of that there I became a, a Thai person I was in Ooh. Thailand for like four or five months and mm -hmm. it was just a, a life-changing experience wow Oh. And I, my practice mo uh, morphed into post-operative massage and I picked it up when I was in Thailand. Okay. Cause that's when you went out there for the massage school, correct? Yep. I enrolled okay. myself into a Thai massage school. Fun fact, I have uh, never done Thai massage a day in my life outside oh. of Thailand. I discovered I hated it. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> But I was in a full-blown school down there, and uh, I happened to stumble across a post-operative massage course, and mm -hmm. I, like, double-enrolled myself in that, too. I'm like, shit, I'm here. Why not? That professionally cooped with the personal experiences that I had the opportunity to be a part of, mm -hmm. um, I grew up in Thailand. Cool. 
That's what's up, then. I learned how to budget my money, budget my time in Thailand. I realized that the world is bigger than just me and my problems. And you never know how good you have it until you actually see someone who has it less. Mm-hmm. It's in your face. Thailand was dope. Yeah, we were. It's totally unrelated, but then not really. But we were watching a movie last night. I don't even know the name of the movie. But it was some, oh, it was War Machine with uh, Brad Pitt. And uh, it was about the guys in Afghanistan. And even though it was like a comedy slash drama type movie, Mm -hmm. one of the guys, he was a Marine and he was, uh, so insurgents had attacked them. And so, you know, he was going after them or whatever. And he walked into this house where they had just ran from. And it was uh, a man with his child sitting on the bed, like kind of cowering over in the corner. And it was a baby laying face down on the mattress. And so, like, you saw the U.S. soldier, like, completely shut down at that point. And so it's one of those things, it's like, you, we, we, they got it way worse. You know, like, you don't really know how good you have it until you see somebody who doesn't have it at all. And when stuff like this, this, they don't have an option. They don't have anywhere to go. They don't have a way to just to get away from it. And they just have to figure out how the best way to cope you know, with the craziness that's going on around them. And so like with you, with what you just said, that image just immediately popped into my mind is like, jeez, man, you know, like how, how do you, how do you keep yourself from, I guess you have to break yourself in order to build yourself back up into a better mm-hmm. person in that type of situation. Otherwise you can't move forward. You know, like you, you can't, this is almost impossible because you won't be able to function in that without coming off as like, oh, she's a bitch. She's just... That's a dope way of how you put it. I would say Thailand broke me, you know, spiritually, um, mentally. Like, I came back a totally different version of myself. Uh, If there is such thing as a positive PTSD, I got Mm -hmm. it from from Thailand because (laughs) of what I saw, I experienced, I witnessed, I helped and lived with others. Like, my school, it was people there from around the world. It was all 85 of us in one course. It was more people in the school, but in my actual course, it was 85 of us. Mm-hmm. And some of them were on Scott. They were Thai people who were on scholarship to the school because they couldn't afford to go uh, on their own. And just like, she, they just happened to speak English. So sharing experiences, it was just, I remember seeing um, this one of the, the, one of the girls had a swastika on her hand mm-hmm. and I felt a certain type of way, you know, coming from America and knowing what that means. Right. Who knew freaking Hitler took the swastika. It's a good look sign. Um, originally a sign of peace and love and he mm-hmm. perverted it. Yeah. So just so many, so many life changes experiences that I infuse into my practice of love and understanding and compassion and walking gently because everyone is fighting a fight. Everyone's fighting a battle and you have no idea what somebody is going through, even if they don't speak on it. And thank God we don't look like what we've been through. Mm -hmm. I try to take those experiences with me. So with that, since we've been on punishment, although you haven't, you've been out doing your life and being an adult everywhere with your mask on. (laughs) How have you been taking care of yourself, self-care during this, this quarantine? I take a lot of naps. (laughs) (laughs) um uh, my business bestie mailed me some amazing body butter (laughs) and I take I try to take baths Mm -hmm. instead of just showers Mm -hmm. I go for walks way more than I ever used to before Mm -hmm. um or I'll go jogging I've expanded my cooking adventures and my smoothie making adventures and I started trying fruits and veggies that I never would have like looked at twice in the grocery store I still haven't actually gotten a massage 
The massage therapist has not gotten a massage. But right now, it's probably not a good idea to do that. You're right. You're you know, right. like true that, true that. So um, I that is a part of my self care. I am not getting a massage because I love myself. Yes, we do not <laughs> want to get sick. But if you just had surgery, that's it. But if you just had surgery, you do need a post op massage. So don't play with that. You, you need to protect your investment. But anyway, we're not talking about that. Yes, so. if you got surgery, you need them. But if you didn't get surgery, uh, and so I've canceled my clients who are not post op clients. Okay. If you were just like, um, you know, I just need a massage. Mm-hmm. I'm not the person for you. Gotcha. So setting healthy professional boundaries. And I started meditating. Brandon and I started reading the Bible together. Yo, God was gangster. He was like the originator of pet he. He turned <laughs> somebody into a pillar of salt because yes. she looked back. Yeah. And 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 it's not the 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 physical looking back. Ah, okay, so we're not gonna go into theology, but I just want to throw that another out there. Podcast, another podcast, another I'm podcast. I'm gonna throw that in there though, yes, because we started. A- it's not the literal turning back, like she turned and looked at Sodom and Gomorrah. No, mentally she turned back and thought about all the things that she would miss when they left and all the things that she wouldn't have. And so that's when she got turned into a pillar of salt. Cause it's like, no, I told you don't look back. Like everything You're ahead not going of back there no more. Brand- you don't need to go there. You need to focus forward. Right. We, we focus forward, move forward. We're not going there no more. And she was like, but I'm going to miss everything. And that's what she got. Oh man. But anyway, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> that's, oh man, you got me into theology. Now I got hype. Shit. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Come back. But I added the <laughs> spiritual aspect. Um, I bought, I, I don't think I'm doing it right though. But I bought a, a singing bowl. It's a, a ancient Tibetan singing bowl, like little gl- um, gold brass thingy. And you go, mm-hmm. and then you go around circles on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but I got me one of them. <laughs> you may want to watch a YouTube video. <laughs> I tried, man, and I was like, hey, when stuff frustrates me, I'll either go get high or I'll go and take a nap, or maybe I'll do both. <laughs> So well, I'm like, you no, do it while you're this. high. <laughs> and I put it to the side. And I'm like, I'll deal with this shit later. <laughs> <laughs> Try it after smoking. My hell. Oh, man. Hey, don't roll your eyes at me. I would love to try it. Okay. <laughs> Don't play with me. You're such a mom. <laughs> I want to try. I want to try so bad. Not the singing bowls, but the, the weed. I want, I, want the, I want the weed. I think everybody should be high. Absolutely. All the at time. At least at some point. At some point. Okay. So we've come to the part where we're, we're closing down, shutting it all down. But this is where people, you tell people where we can find you. Where can people find Miss Ty Hall marketing? brand design well not brand designer but you are definitely a strategist where can we find you and contact you so that they can what you got coming up like tell the people what they need to know about you so that they can find you and give you their money (laughs) (laughs) well darling well if you are in the spa services and the personal care world you can find me at timeout.com and that is spelled T as in Tom A-I M as in Mary E-O-U-T dot com <laughs> and there is a section on there that's called the learning center darling you're going to yes. scroll down on my drop down menu on my super pretty amazing website you're going <laughs> to click the learning center and even though it says therapist if you're not a therapist we're going to say that you're a therapist you're a therapist in the making darling and then you can pick out any of my strategists branding, mogul services, coaching, 
Yeah, or if you just want a massage, you can go there too. But yeah. <laughs> you can find me on my website. It's timeout.com. I uh, teach every single Thursday in my Facebook group. It is timeout post-op corner. I am on Instagram, timeout massage. I have a Twitter, but I never quite, I don't understand Twitter. And now Twitter is just for people like, celebrities and politicians to argue with each other yeah so i have a twitter but you ain't gonna find me there like my page is there but i won't be there right facebook ty hall i think i'm pretty consistent um yeah mm-hmm. i never got into tiktok it confuses me and i was like interested in getting into periscope and then they created tiktok and i was like never mind i'm sitting here and sit still yeah but you can find me on facebook on youtube i am perfectly ty Mm-hmm. Um, drop a lot of gems on perfectly tied on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, type in if you type in T A I M E, I come up on all of my platforms. Boom, SEO baby. Yes. <laughs> so with that, I want to say thank you, thank you so much for joining us today. This this was awesome. Like this was as much fun as I thought it was gonna be. So I'm excited. Like I'm really excited. Yay! Um, so yeah, so we're gonna gonna stop the recording in a few seconds and then we'll have our off off recording session i guess yeah thank you for listening to this episode of the f the glitter podcast i'm your host ashley of a louise creative where we shine the spotlight on women of color in the industry of graphic design brand design marketing strategy and brand strategy a special thanks to my guests for joining us today and we'll be here next week for our next episode of f the glitter you can find us on your favorite podcast broadcast station, iTunes, Spotify, Google Cast, and others. We look forward to seeing you next week. <laughs>